Welcome to the Seek Outside Podcast. Podcast. Yeah, there's there's no question. David Lee. And you were the uh, head chapter leader of Colorado VHA? Clay Hayes. Uh, well, I got stalked by a mountain lion, uh, made a fishing pole out of a lodgepole pine. Falconry and bird dogs, can they coexist? Oh man, and do they. Shitty weather and lots of bears. That's what this podcast is about. You made a point when you get up in those high basins and the thunderstorms come rolling in. That's how I got into trail running. Some people are just wired that way. Yeah, now people, you just brought up something um, relatively excellent there about, okay, we talked about California. Yeah. And their requirements. And about that, well, people should just require it or whatever, right? Is, are there other states that are going that route or is it 49, no, I, to I, your I, knowledge, 49 states aren't touching it? Well, so <laughs> it depends on who within those states you're talking about. There are groups out there and, and it was a busy season for folks because we had a lot of inquiries about, do you know about this bill to ban lead ammunition? Again, it didn't come from science. And isn't that where we're supposed to be making policy from science? Right. It came from people who feel like that's the only solution. And, and, and again, to be fair, I'm just as biased as anybody, but I know a lot of hunters, and I'm a hunter. And if somebody just tells me, do this, it's good for you, I'm, I'm not likely to just follow. Right. I have my own life view based on my own experiences. Right, and, you have to, and that, that's a good segue into... Tell us more about Chris, because you told me <laughs> you told me some stuff at the dinner. Oh well, we Chris, were having Chris, the sewing machine guy. Chris, oh man, yeah, yeah. Chris, the Dyneema taper or whatever. <laughs> yeah, no, I I'm a I'm a fanatic about equipment and a big fan of you all. And uh, I like to build things. I like to fabricate. Um, it's a requirement for my job. I work for a nonprofit. So when we break stuff, you know, oftentimes we can't take it into town. So learning how to weld. And I, I just got a TIG welder for a project. We did some aluminum work. And then uh, I've always been fascinated about uh, having a heavy-duty sewing machine. And I finally got one. And so, you know, this, this is what a dork I am. I get excited about being able to rebuild our uh, ratchet straps. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and apparently, and, and you also seem like a super nice guy. I mean, I will admit, I was a little drunk that night. Okay? <laughs> so my memory and me- recollections may right. be a little bit... Um, I was a little foggy myself. M- mixed up, yeah. right? Um, but I think I recall that you were going to let your friends stay in your trailer while you were going to build a tent off the back yes and a cook shack yeah well that's why right yeah i mean i'm like man i want to go camping with this guy right right you know so we we take um well whether it's whether it's doing field work or you know we've come to offer some trips to bha to help you know support funding the bha and so we donate a trip every year a lot of the guys and gals that work for us are falconers Mm -hmm. and people dig falconry and so, I thought, cool. and so I, I was totally just trying to figure out how we could help because we don't have money. We're a nonprofit, but um, trying to figure out how we could help. And I said, do you, to land and to Grant and, um, and Stubblefield, I was like, man, do you suppose people would, would want to go hawking? That's what we call it, you know, going to go out and, and uh, take some upland birds or some, you know, some waterfowl with falcons. And people could come out and see that. 
And on these trips, it's not just about the falconry. I mean, we take fishing poles and shotguns, and if somebody has a tag, rifles and cameras and good food, I like to cook, you know, and we have a trailer. I, it's my personal trailer that we take. And uh, they were like, are you kidding? That would be great. And I think the first one we donated earned over $2,000. And so it went off without a hitch. Then the guy enjoyed himself, and we put him up in the trailer. And I thought, man, it's hard to cook and, and be in the trailer with all of our gear. We had to get a vestibule and, you know, have like a half of a wall tent coming off of the trailer and then with a stove jack. And then we'll let them stay in there near the bathroom and everything, and we can sleep out there where we're more comfortable anyway. And then I can get up early and cook and not bother them. And then, you know, we can just have a hell of a time. And, and But I... I'm limited on, I'm limited. I have an F-350 and a 28-foot trailer, and I'm still limited because <laughs> I, I love gear and things. But anyway, I was thinking, well, I don't want to do canvas. Then I got this big honking thing and the frame, and, yeah. you know, I can build the frame. And then I, I joined BHA as a life member and uh, got a really cool tent from some pretty cool people. And, man, I fell in love with it. So oh. the package you guys do. Oh, know, really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, so I got my tent, and uh, I've still only set it up in the yard because I just got it a couple years ago. But, uh, yeah, I did the seam seal and all that, and I thought, man, I don't want to be a pain in anybody's butt here because you guys are working, you know. But yeah. at that night, I was like, well, what, should, what material should I use, you know? And is that something you guys are going to get into or, um, you know, I've got a stitching machine. And I will say my first large panel I put together came out as a, you know, kind of a trapezoid, not a square. But uh, oh, I'm learning. Yeah, yeah, there's some tricks to it. And, yeah. I mean, there's some stuff I'd be glad to help you out off uh, off uh, offline. Yeah. On some of that, feel free to reach out you at bet. any time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we have some things that, you know, we would be interested in developing ourselves that would be a little more vehicle attached yeah. um, as well. And there's been some people in the off-road industry that we've talked to about partnering with yeah. on some ultralight vehicle attached stuff. I don't know if it's going to come to fruition because we're really busy with our core business as well. Um, and I don't know, there's a part of me that wants less people working for us, the more, because <laughs> it seems like the more the things get exponentially sure. more, more personality conflict or, or whatever. And I, I don't mean to rag, it just seems like, seems like it's a whole lot easier for 10 people to get along continuously yeah. than 50. Yeah. yeah you know I what I mean? You. I hear you, man. Um, so what else can people do then? To uh, to help be better hunters and stewards of the land as far as their bullet choices. I got uh, and I got something to kind of write off of that. What about archery? Like I'm yeah. I'm a big archer and I I can see that. I am too. I'm about 300 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, wait! I take my bow for walks and I've killed two things. <laughs> yeah, I take my bow for a walk a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, I'm not scared to admit. Admit, you know, the first elk i shot i didn't find yeah didn't probably didn't kill it yeah but uh you know i could imagine that there's a uh a grim reaper still in him somewhere or, or maybe it uh you know got eaten by a, con yeah, a, yeah. a raptor right uh, right is that do you have any you know that's interesting i i've i've not thought a lot about that but i did read a study once where they tested to see what what size and shape and diameter of materials that were cast aside that weren't eating and it's pretty small 
and I can't remember what exactly it was. Was it a quarter of an inch or a little like um, three eighths or something like that? But they they don't like they were feeling. You know, they're they have terribly sensitive bills, and so that's I mean because it's their hands, right? I mean they don't have hands, so they use their bill to mandibulate is the word to manipulate the mandibulate mandibulate. What does what is the real meaning for mandibulate? Because here's what I want to do. Occasionally, I throw out a word with a, with when I'm talking to my wife Angie. Yeah. And she's like, what the fuck are you talking about? There you go. Do, do you know what that word actually means? Yeah, no. And, 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 and I yeah. usually do. So the other day, you know, I heard on TV pernicious, right? Mm. So I started using pernicious a bunch just to annoy her because right. she has some habits which I think really could be considered pernicious. Pernicious, yeah. You know? Yeah. So what does mandibulate well, mean? Because yeah. I want to pull that out. Yeah, so mandibulate is just using the bill to manipulate and move materials. So mandibulate. So yeah, it has to specific. so it has yeah. to be used in the in the thing. I have to see a bird to be able to use it in a sense and sentence and be like no. that she's that bird's mandibulating. I don't know, maybe if uh uh, we have chicken, backyard chickens. Could I say like, yes. you know, let's uh, see if the chickens can mandipulate. The mandibulate. Cr- mandibulate. Now I'm nervous and wondering if, I, if I've if i said it right. And yeah. <laughs> mandibulate, mandibulate. Yeah, we're going to have to look that up. The scraps we're giving. Don't give them something yeah. they can't mandibulate. So I think, I think the importance there in what you were saying is that it's just important that we, that we know all of the things that we're responsible for. And that's a huge responsibility. But if you're thinking and you're acting intentionally based on an ever-growing knowledge base and you're passing that along, isn't that what becoming a better hunter is all about? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. So just being caught, conscious, conscious of, you know, what you're putting out into animals and out into the uh yeah. the environment yeah because you you'd, you'd never want i mean and i almost experienced that last year when i shot my bull and uh it was a perfect placement at 11 yards and i had a deflection mm. and so the arrow ended up quartering through the animal even though i was perfectly per- perpendicular at 11 yards i don't know what happened i don't have an explanation but that that five hours that we waited because i didn't want to bump it um it was hell so oh. so that yeah. we don't want that you know, yeah. and I think with this information, and we heard it today, I don't, I don't want to potential, even if it's only a X percent chance, I don't want to take that chance. Having a mandible adapted for chewing. There you go. There we go. So maybe that's an improper use. Maybe I heard that and that was improper because it's not chewing that they're doing. They're, they're, they're articulating and moving the food through and into their I'm still going to use it just for I would. I think it's close. You can say that that redneck biologist used it, so yeah. I don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. a, a raptor is not just going to eat a whole broadhead. No. You know, muzzy is not, you're not ever I, finding I wouldn't, muzzies in I there. I wouldn't expect it, and I've yeah. never heard of an account of it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, but the next hunter might cut his finger while field dressing it. True. Well, yeah. <laughs> on that note, there's also a lot of Havilland blades out in the woods. Oh, yeah. my gosh. I could imagine. I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. No yeah, doubt. yeah, that's. Uh, I've moved away from those sorts of knives yeah. because of that. I'm old school, well. man. I have some, and yeah. I use them sparingly. Like if I'm, you know, taking the cape off and and they're take, excellent. For taking that. care of the head, you know, or something yeah. like that. But for general stuff, I like those old fixed blades and 
and lockback knives and and like I said, I'm a gear junkie, so I got. A lot yeah, of I went with a. I've I've gotten a couple fixed blade high end knives, you yeah. know, that are kind of the way I'm going to go with it. You know, I think it's just fun to take things, and I like to now. I don't think I spend as much money, but I buy better quality things now that I'm older. Ditto. Um, and and I like to buy things that were well thought out and know that, that the people that designed this, they didn't just design it to fill a niche and, and hopefully get me to buy it. They truly made it with the intention of what I plan to use it for. And it's like ceremony for me. You know, you know that's funny that you say that because one of my pet peeves is I think far too many companies – design stuff to entice you to buy it yeah, we don't need shelf. more crap you know that and they don't really care about how it actually works yeah you know they they're just they care about that it's enticing enough on the store shelf yeah and and then you know you bought a red one and two years later they want to put a teal one out right because they think that you've tired of red and think that you should move to teal but it's not really any veteran i'm i'm just like you know products should you know we want to make a product sexy we want to make product that everyone's like whoa that thing's awesome we all should have this product right um but at the end of the day we want to make a product that really meets or exceeds the expectations in the field and and you go from there now i will say i was thinking that we should wrap up this, uh, you bet. No, 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 no. Oh, no? Okay. I see people breaking down all the tents over there. Oh, you're going to. Yeah. I know my guys, I left and they said, breakdowns at four. I was like, man, I'm sorry. I got to go do this podcast. And yeah. they're like, sure, Parrish. And, you know, <laughs> I, I only bought one ticket to the whiskey and wine tasting. It was like, wow, way to take it for the team guy. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, if you got anything else you want to ask me, you know, we can we can move this on for about 10 minutes as I, yeah, I, as I, as I, I get see. out of some work. Yeah. So, well, again, I just think the to celebrate in our history, our heritage, and like I said, those those things that are built with intention that work well, and every part of it, you know, from my boots. Sure, I don't want blisters, mm-hmm. but I don't want to just buy crap that you know. I don't know. I, I just people that take care in their products to build it. I take care in using it, and I appreciate it. And for a knife or a firearm. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't probably need any more guns, but, uh, I don't either. Yeah. I, yeah, I, st- I guess I'm guilty there though. I, I still buy guns. <laughs> uh, I got, I got the weather being a life membership. Yeah. Even got my bird dog, a uh, life membership, which feels absolutely silly, but I know she cares about having wild animals in wild places. You bet, man. Um, now that is something I want falconry and bird dogs can they coexist oh man and do they and oh really is it a beautiful thing so the guys that i hunt with we go out and they most of them have setters english setters oh that's what my wife has an english yeah yep crazy as fuck oh really oh man he's the sweetest fucking dog but he is he's a piece of work he's well man you need you need well what we need to do is when we're rolling through or something if you have time and we can find a place where there's some ducks or some game birds upland birds some grouse or something you got to see these dogs work okay these dogs go and cover the hillside and just that beautiful outstretched nose and neck into the front and following the scent they go on point locks up the falconer takes the hood off of the falcon 
holds it out to the side, and the falcon quickly adjusts its eyes and bobs its head and then takes flight, and it begins to ring up and mount and get into a mount. So go up and, and yeah. power up, and these they put these bells on them. And they're not just any bells, and I've not quite figured out um, you know what, what bell on the dog or bell no, on the falcon? On, on the falcon. Okay. So you hear this thing, tink, 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 tink. Gets more and more faint as the bird is ringing up in circles, like they fly to, to gain altitude. Tink, 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 tink. And then when they set their wings, there's no more flapping, and the bell doesn't ring anymore. So they might set their wings for a moment because they caught a thermal. Now they're up there about a thousand feet. And then the falconer walks in. The dog stays on point, just like a good gun dog will. Uh-huh. The, then the falconer flushes the, the game bird, and the falcon comes down. And now all you hear is, <laughs> boom! Really? And a, and a poof of feathers. And then sometimes they bind to it. Sometimes they just hit it and rake it and kill it. Sometimes they hit it and don't kill it, like with sharp tail, because they're so damn tough. Um, but then uh, if it's successful, you the falcon ends up going down to the ground with the bird and begin plucking it. And then the falconer calm, calmly goes up with a gloved hand. You know, you see the falconer's gauntlet, the glove, yeah. and they'll have a little tidbit of food. Now, the relationship this bird has with that falcon is knows that it gets food from the falconer on that glove. So the falconer's able to slowly bend down and offer it that tidbit of food. And or not a tidbit, but a substantial chunk of food, and the falcon jumps on the glove. Falconer grabs the prey, sticks it in their bag, and now you've hunted. That is awesome. Not only have you hunted, you have participated in something that happens in the wild every day. And it happens in every life zone that we hunt. There's a specialist raptor out there that hunts for a living. So every place you go hunt, I mean, or every place you are, even if you're in the city, we're here sitting out here in this beautiful green field. There are raptors. Do you see the red tail come across today with a vole or something? Uh-uh. I yeah. saw a Harris hawk earlier. Yeah. It really? Drive up here, yeah. Oh, on the way Drive up, up yeah. here, yeah. Yeah, heck yeah, man. And I've heard the eagle out here. Yeah. But the point is, every place we seek solace in, all these public lands, and private for that matter, but all these places we hunt, there's a raptor there that's a specialist, and if you want to learn how to hunt and navigate a landscape and understand prey, watch raptors. Well, like in Al- in Alaskan rivers, the la- raptors kind of tell you somewhere where the good salmon spots. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because they'll hang out in the areas that are they're more likely yeah. to get a salmon running up, and they'll be in the tree above. Sure. And if you go over and look, sure enough, you'll find something sure. that is probably like some sort of little pinch point area that makes getting a sockeye or similar salmon a bit easier. Oh, and and so think knowing that you're doing what that bird does in knowing the habitat, knowing the the ecosystem fully, knowing that, you know, if you're, um, and I've I've had situations where I've been waiting for a hog to come in. And you ever been in a place where, all of a sudden, the birds and the frogs quit singing and croaking. It goes absolutely silent. You know why? Because there's a badass omnivore coming that uh-huh. will eat them if they can be found. Well, you know, it's funny because birds will tell you stuff when you're hunting. Yeah. A bull I killed two years ago. Um, it was funny. I, I was having a very frustrating hunt. It was a five-day hunt. Um, and I was planning to backpack in. And the 
first morning I woke up and I was sick to my stomach. You know, I had the proverbial both ends problem, you know. Um, so I thought, eee, you know, backpacking in isn't really in my thing today, you know. I should probably drive around and try to make myself feel better and uh, glass a bit, you know, and it's probably the best use of my energy today, you know. So I did some of that, and I felt a little better, and I was like, okay. Tomorrow, I'm going to backpack in. I woke up more, and I, I saw a really nice bull at the area. I was planted target anyway, right, uh, up on the hillside. And I was like, okay, that's a solid plan. And I woke up, and I had a flat on my truck. Good God, man. Yeah, and... Um, I was about 25 miles from the nearest town, right? And so I changed my tire, right? And I was like, I'm, I'm really out here. I don't really feel comfortable having no spare at this point. I need to get some fix-a-flat or get my tire fixed or whatever. Went to town. There was, there was nobody there. Um, it was Sunday. So I had to drive all the way into another town that was about 50 miles away. And I couldn't find a tire store, but I did find some fix. I did fill it up with air. Could see that it was something that could be fixed with fix a flat. So I bought a couple cans of fix a flat, right? Just in case I got another flat, try that, right? Um, so then on my way back, I decided, you know, I'm just going to do a walk. Um, today kind of got shot, you know? So I'm going to do a walk around and I'm going to uh, just see. You know, and uh, this guy who's camped kind of close to me said, well, I saw a couple of elk earlier. You're welcome to come with me. So I went with him. He had his little area he was going to go. I didn't know the area. I just walked around. I was like, you know, there's some elk beds I found here. There's some elk beds. I'm going to, uh, you know, then I got to this one little park. It was a broken park with a lot of scattered trees. I was like, this forage is better than any place I've seen in here. Yeah. I was like, um... If I was an elk, this is where I'm coming. So I tucked myself into some trees right in the center of it. And at the time, I thought I should clear myself some shooting lanes. Um, but I didn't because I thought it was getting a little close to dark. And then I just kind of turned my head around every three, four minutes. Um, after maybe 20 minutes, I heard some birds behind me. I uh, said, so, you know, a lot of times when those birds chirp, elk are walking around some big animals are moving it's it seems to me like birds not raptors just birds yeah they want success hunting they want you to be successful <laughs> you know what i mean because yeah. they get they get the right. spare pieces or whatever right yeah so they seem like they want to knock it off just like that dang squirrel or chipmunk wants to knock me off every time I think I got a good spot, you know. Um, so I turn around, and sure enough, there's 10 cows and a bull. And I'm thinking, I should have cleared my shelf a shooting lane, you know. Um, That's cool. So I watched him a little bit, and then, then the bull started to move off a little bit, and I said, screw the shooting lane, and I just stepped out of the trees and shot him offhand. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, I turned around because I heard the birds. I was told... I was told uh, a story from a guy who was a PH. He was the son of a warden in Africa, and I don't remember where in Africa. Uh, born and raised there. 
Uh, Neil was his name. Big strapping guy. Should have seen the breakfast he ate. I took him out to go see the condors down in, in the Grand Canyon. Mm -hmm. And I said, hey, it's also grouse season, so keep your eyes open. You know, if we see anything, we can go and take the dog and go hunt some grouse. So usually they come out to gravel or water in the road. Then you know you know, it's a good place to go check. And if it's got berries or, or um, what is it, the uh, elderberries and stuff like that, then I'll log that in my book, my notes, where another place to check. He ate this huge meal, and I said, my goodness, man. And he obviously was fit. And he said, well, in the bush, we would go on these walks, and, you know, sometimes they'd be two or three days. And so you'd always eat up whenever you had the opportunity, but sometimes that was once a day, and sometimes that was one good meal every two days. And I said, how, how do you navigate that? And he says, uh, you ever heard of a honey guide? I was like, no, never heard of a honey guide. He said, well, it's this bird. And I think he said that it's a sound... If, if I'm not mistaken, it's something like a, you ever heard of pine siskin? Zzz, like that. Well, this one does that, some kind of a buzzing noise like that, that's recognizable. And it's really cool because it's been written up and it's been studied that these birds get the attention of these people out in the bush and then lead them to a honeycomb, to a tree with a honeycomb. Knowing that because of thousands of years of co coexistence, that those People there will go up and smoke the tree and take a break because that's a huge opportunity for nutrition. And so he would he would say it's really tough with the guys with the boys. He would say that you don't want to you don't want to overfeed them, you know, because then they'll sleep for two or three hours. So you want to feed them really big and then go and make the big push to start, and then you just keep them a little bit. But if they stop and there's a damn honey guide, then we got to go do all of this, and they're going to be worthless for the next six hours. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we have this, we have this mutual relationship, probably not just with the raptors, but also with all the birds, or with a lot of the birds, where yeah. the, they they like they see some benefit. And potentially showing us where the I mean, absolutely there's benefit for me killing that bull elk there. Yeah. You know, there's a there's a lot to pick over. Oh heck yeah. yeah. For them. Well and ravens responding to gunfire. Yeah. Yeah. These animals, like I say, they're smart because their life depends on it. Yeah. For us, our hunting success depends on our knowledge, right? And our luck. But we're not hunting for a living. We're hunting because it's a part of us because we too are another species that has evolved where hunting was a major part of our life the farther back we go. Well, you know, I heard the the, the tribal members talking yesterday over on the buffalo that there's just this calling almost that they start feeling that it's time to go on the hunt. You By know? God, I feel it. The, the, exactly, <laughs> and I do too. You know, the, there's this, there's times where I just feel kind of turned off to it, and then all of a sudden it's like, ah. you know, I mean, there's been years where I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm going to do some other stuff and just hunt a little bit this year. No, yeah. no, it doesn't happen that way. Yeah. It starts to get there, and I, uh, as the season starts to get there, I start to be like, oh, no, i got to put on my, Got to put on my hunting garb and right, start right. to get ready. Yeah, once, you know. You know. Uh, sorry. I was just going to say, once those leaves turn that yellow color and you get that first cold morning of fall, it's like it's pretty tough to resist the urge. Oh, there's a, there's a reason, man. We're programmed to it. And mm -hmm. so much of our life emulates hunting that I think is really fascinating. You know, and, and there are books on evolutionary psychology 
that are phenomenal in explaining, you know, not only the traits that we have and the way that we're built, you know, being bipedal and all that, but also the feelings we have. And this is crazy. The yearnings you have, well, your response can be a feeling as well. But some of those things are innate. And I'm the same way. And I don't know if it's just because of habit. Some things don't feel habit habitual to me. It's not because I know that. But when it's blowing 40 miles an hour and it's 20 degrees, you know, outside of Flagstaff, all I can think of is, okay, this is going to be over soon. I should be tying flies. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> and, and why am I tying flies? Well, because I, I didn't get a turkey tag. Yeah. <laughs> so. Oh, there's all these conditions, right? Yeah. So. I totally feel we could have you on uh, as a guest again and talk about something entirely freaking different. Like we could get into this whole thing because I do think that, you know, I mean, okay, our wives, girlfriends, a lot of times, they like to go to stores and go shopping or whatever, right? But is that really just something innate that came from more of the gathering and uh, decorating the cave? Well, and, 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 and so to just be... You know, with all the sensitivities these days, right. with, with talking about the, this, you know. Generalizations. Yeah, generalizations. I just say, it's all hunting. I yeah. hunt mushrooms. Uh, yeah. Oh, I hunt mushrooms, I too. I hunt mushrooms, and I hunt, you know, people that go shopping, just to be broad, people that go shopping, they're hunting. They are. Yeah, they and are. And you know why people, manufacturers and vendors are so successful? is because they, through your hunting, teach you to buy their product. Mm-hmm. Why is there, I, I got so pissed off last year, or two, before COVID, I was on the road, I drove 110,000 miles running around talking to people about non-lead. You drove 110,000 miles yeah. last year? No, no, before COVID, the year and a half before COVID, I drove 110,000 miles. Holy shit, you drive around. more than Angie. Yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy, I ruined a truck. I had to yeah. call my boss from, I think I was in Billings, and I said, I got good news and bad news. <laughs> good news is, the truck that died, they said they'll give us 30 for it. Bad news is I need to check for 30 to get another one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, I was so pissed off because I went in to go buy detergent. And okay, with my wife and I's relationship, she buys the detergent because I would not buy the right stuff, right? I don't care. It washes the clothes and it's not too stinky, you know? She buys good soap. I walked in to go buy some soap and I had no idea. I stood there dumbfounded because there's a whole freaking aisle with the two shelves long. I mean, two shelves high. Of laundry detergent. Oh, yeah. I was like, Jesus, cry me. What are, I don't know what to buy. Well, why, why has that niche been filled? It's because they've taught us through our hunting and our selection process. You know, and then you see phosphate-free. And I had a, um, a, a potential board member donor out with me one time. And uh, they come from the industry of extracting the stuff they use for soap out of Salt Lake. You know, some kind of a detergent. And uh, she said, oh, yeah, this whole phosphate-free business. She goes, these soaps that are, that are branded as phosphate-free never had phosphates. But if it says phosphate-free, people will buy it. Mm. You know, or, or, yeah, omega-3 fatty acids, you know, get your omega-3s, and we put it on potato chips. It's still a potato chip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the yeah. psychology of it all. I know. When, yeah. I, when I go shopping, Angie, Angie usually finds big fault with whatever I've bought. Yeah. You know, unless it's like blueberries. Or something, 
you know, I'm usually buying the wrong right. soap, keep it, the wrong. Keep it basic. But, yeah. yeah, the point is, is it's, man, we're not very good at that, but uh, send us out to, you know, go catch some fish or kill an elk or oh, grab yeah. some sharp tail, and, man, I'm all about it. Give, uh -huh. give me that opportunity and tell me that's what I need to do. I feel that's what I need to do. And and that's that's cool about my job. You know, raptor biology and raptor ecology is, is fantastic. Science is fantastic. And it's great to be a biologist, but, but when I had to transition, I didn't have to, but when we co-founded the partnership, mm -hmm. now it mixes both my worlds together. And it's always never felt like a job, but I really feel like it's a, it's a contribution both to me and, and to the people I engage with. And uh, it, it just, yeah, I get to hang out next to, you know, Mystery Ranch and seek outside and see these products that I see, you know, people have and get to talk to the people who built them fantastic well yeah. it's been our pleasure having you on hey, i think yeah. you've been super interesting i've learned a shit ton yeah i totally want to see a bird dog and raptor work okay together. that's what i'm saying let's yeah. do it i would love to yeah let's do it appreciate it thank you guys right. thank awesome. you thank you hey guys thanks for listening to the seek outside podcast hope you enjoyed it this week remember we do have an email address if you would like to leave any questions comments concerns we'd love to hear that feedback uh, that email address is podcast at seekoutside.com. So feel free. We're always here. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a great week.